Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. And I'm your host, David Huffeld, and I'm joined by Carl Polson. And Carl, how are you? We're, we're cruising through the month of June right now as we're recording uh, this episode of our podcast. So how has the month been for you so far? It's been it's been great, busy and great. It's it's I think when it comes to these summer months, David, you tell me if you agree, but they're gone in the blink of an eye. Uh, so so making sure to 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 embrace uh, the June, July, August as much as you can is important. How are things going on your end? Uh, about the same. Very, very busy, but that's a good thing. But you're spot on. I know you and I are in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So in Minnesota, we covet these summer months because we know <laughs> We know winter is coming, and uh, that often starts early for us. Sometimes even September, it can get cold. October, we can have a blizzard. So, yeah, June, July, and August, if there's ever a time to get outside, uh, this is it. But speaking, Carl, of the the importance of the time of year we're in, that kind of relates to our topic today, which is really how do we set ourselves up for success when we begin a month, uh, a quarter, or even a year? And boy, is this. This is an important topic, isn't it? It's something that, you know, as a salesperson that's relatively early in their careers, uh, myself included, and, you know, all coworkers I've ever had, we're talking about it constantly. You know, it's how do we improve this quarter versus last quarter and how do you start it off the right way? It's it's a question that's, I'm sure, been asked for years, and I'm excited because today we're going to tackle it. It's really exciting to see the importance of starting that month, quarter, year off right. Absolutely right. And so we're going to talk today about a number of practical things you can do, that we all can do, to really set ourselves up for success. So let's dive into the first one. And this first one is mission critical. And it's something you always want to think about because it really will make a huge impact. And that is focus on daily improvement. Because here's what I've realized and every great salesperson has has usually come to this awareness at some point in their career as well. And that is what you do on a daily basis matters because it compounds. And this is something I've embraced. Carl, I know you have, and many of our listeners have as well. But it's a great reminder to look at your day and to say, am I carving out time, even if it's a little bit of time, every day to work on getting better or to work on certain sales behaviors that I know set me up for success? For example, Many of our listeners are heavily focused in their positions on prospecting, generating new business. And sometimes that is so easy to push to the wayside when you have a lot of other things going on and you have Mm -hmm. client interactions. It's so easy to say, you know, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And then we don't. So to prioritize those things, those activities and behaviors that really matter. Let me give you an example of this and then something really practically that helped me in this area. The first thing I'll share is how much we often underestimate the power of these incremental changes. Let me give you a real analogy of this. One of my favorite games to play is chess. Actually, I learned chess, oddly enough, in my late 30s. I never played it my entire life. Yeah, one day I decided I wanted to learn how to play chess. And so 
uh, I was flying to Orlando from Minneapolis for a speaking engagement. And on the plane, you know, they have the little computer you can play in the seat in front of you. And so I decided I was going to play. I was going to learn how to play chess. And so when the plane took off, I started playing and I stopped when it landed. And I wasn't good by the time it landed, but I, could, I figured out the rules and how to play. I lost many, many games to the computer that day, but I learned how to play chess. But what's interesting, Carl, and I don't know how many of our listeners will be aware of the origins of the game of chess. So it, it's, it's kind of shrouded in mystery, but there's a legend around chess that's relevant for our conversation. The, the legend says that there was a poor inventor who invented the game of chess and he shows his invention to the king. And the king is delighted by the game. And so he says, what do you want? I'll give you anything you want. Tell me what your price is for this game. I love it. I want it. And so the inventor is shrewd. And he says, he asks that a grain of rice be placed on the first square of the chessboard. And then it doubles every square. So the second square has two grains of rice, four on the third, and eight on the uh, fourth, and then so on. It just keeps doubling uh, every time. And there's 64 squares on a, a chessboard. So this seems rather an innocent thing, just a few pieces of rice from the king's perspective. It just doubles, but no big deal. So he goes, that's that's fine. Let's do that. So his advisors come to him and they say, oh, king, well, we can't fulfill this request. And the king says, well, why not? And they say, well, king, when you add this all up, it's more rice than exists in the entire world. And so the reason I share that uh, interesting and a little bit odd story is all of us, just like that king, underestimate the power of these small little things we can do that over time, they compound over a days and weeks and months. These can be a game changer. Let me share one thing before we go into our next strategy that really helped me when I was starting my firm early on. So I'm doing research and I'm working late into the night and I'm working crazy long days and it was stressful and, and I was so focused on research. I wasn't really trying to generate a lot of clients. This is many years ago. I had a quote next to my desk that I would literally look at every day. And there was a couple of times when I wanted to throw in the towel or take an easy day or just go to bed. Uh, then I would look at this quote and it pushed me on. And it was a quote that's attributed to the motivational speaker, the late Jim Rohn. And he, he said this, we must all suffer one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. The difference is discipline weighs ounces while regret weighs tons. And boy, did that impact me. I put that, I printed that out. I put it right next to my desk and I would look at that. And I can't tell you the, the number of times when I was ready to slow down or not keep pushing over a long period of time. And that quote saved me and helped me say, hey, Either you're going to have the discipline or you're going to have the regret. Discipline is tough. Regret is much heavier and it, and it lingers for a long period of time. And so that helped me. Hopefully that helps you too. When you identify what, number one, are the things you know you need to do on a daily basis that are hard to do that set you up for success, commit to those and then focus on, am I going to have the discipline or am I going to have the regret? All that said, let's dive into the next one, because, Carl, I know this is something that you have also mm -hmm. done as well, and that is embracing what we call sales sprints. Now, what are those? Anytime we start a, a quarter or um, a month or even a year, it can also be really beneficial to do a sales sprint. So this is where you're going to do a surge of activity to really take a giant leap forward. I've done these over the years. 
sometimes for short periods of time, sometimes for extremely long periods of time, which can be a little bit detrimental to your personal life because you're going to remove balance during this time. So normally I recommend doing this for hours or even a few days. Longer than that, you want to be really mindful and careful about that. So you're going to take all balance out. And for a short period of time, you're going to say, I'm going to be sprinting. I'm going to be going as fast as I can, as hard as I can on this specific area. But what that does is a couple things. Number one, it, it helps you burst through that status quo bias, like the bias all of us have to do anything. It's often hard to start doing something or take a lot of action. And these sprints let you plow right through that bias we all have. Second, they energize you because you can get quick results. You can do what it normally might take a week or two of activity. You can do it in a day and a half, right? Because you're, you're taking all focus out and you're heavily invested in really maximizing these kind of activities. And third thing is, it really helps foster motivation after the sprint's over because you've made such progress, you've gotten some wins from the sprint, and now it's energizing. You want to keep that momentum going, and now you're going to default to what we just talked about a few moments ago, those incremental activities every day. But you'll find those are more easy to do when you start with the sprint. So you're more motivated because you don't want to lose all the momentum and all the progress you made from the sprint, you want to keep building on that. And so sprints can be great ways or like a, look at them as a launching pad into a quarter or into a year or even a month to really get you started, get a lot of momentum, get some results and really foster that motivation to continue. Carl, I know you've also used this idea of sprints throughout your career. Share with our listeners a little bit of how you've applied them. Yeah. So it always, it, you know, for me, it stemmed from in my free time, really enjoy different kinds of works out, workouts. We've talked about boxing before, uh, running, really anything to stay active. And there's something uh, in, in workouts called a, a HIT workout, a high intensity interval training. And it really encompasses that idea of a sprint, you know, these bursts of really high, high intensity. And throughout my sales career, I, whether it's when I need to get you know, back on track or to start a, a quarter, a month, a year, I've found nothing to be more powerful than encompassing that idea of a high-intensity sprint to really set myself up for success for that upcoming month, that upcoming quarter, that upcoming year. Because like you said, once you set that pace and that precedence, it's a lot easier to maintain that. And to get into a groove of high performance early is something that I've used a lot of times throughout my sales career to really ensure that I'm being successful. So something that I highly recommend uh, our listeners try out. Yeah, the sales sprint is really a powerful, it's a great tool as well when you use it really strategically. It's a, it's a beautiful way to start off a month, quarter, or a year. Let me give three more strategies, kind of rapid fire here. First one is prioritization. So one thing that often gets salespeople into trouble as they get deeper into a month, a quarter, or a year is the fact that they didn't prioritize effectively at the beginning. So you only have so much time in a day. So again, we talked about prioritizing your activities a moment ago and really committing to them, scheduling them every day, but also prioritize those you spend your time with, with clients and potential clients. All opportunities are not equal. 
So we talked about qualification in a few podcasts ago, but we want to be doing that to make sure we're really investing our time to maximize that ROI. So think about your time as an investment. We don't want to spend time. We want to invest it, right? Just like if you're you're taking your, your savings and you're investing them in whatever you choose to invest in, right? You want to return on that investment. That's what we want to do with our time. And so I find that oftentimes the problems that come later on in a month, quarter, or a year are simply many times the root of them is just a misalignment of priorities that we wasted time. We didn't invest it with people that we that really would return that investment or clients or potential clients. But we also often chase people we shouldn't be chasing because we're not qualifying effectively. So be hyper-focused on your time. And the greatest salespeople that I know are extremely stingy with their time. They do not like to ever waste time. This is a big pet peeve for me as well. I don't like to waste time because time is our scarcest resource. We all only get so much of it. So treat it with the respect it deserves because the way you spend your time is the way you spend your life and heavily shape your career. So prioritize, make sure you're doing that early on. It'll set you up for success. Second thing, in addition to that, would be really focus on that pipeline as well. Oftentimes, what gets us into trouble later in a month, quarter, or a year is that we weren't heavily focused on the pipeline early on. And it's a little tricky because oftentimes when you neglect your pipeline, you don't see the immediate impact of that. It's not like I neglect it today and I feel it tomorrow. I neglect it this week and I feel it in three months. Then I, And then it's hard to recover, right? And then it takes me a while. And what I do to recover, I feel that in three months. So oftentimes a quarter can be destroyed because we're not focusing on our pipeline at the beginning of it. Same for a year as well. So be heavily focused on what are the metrics I need to have a healthy pipeline and be looking at this all the time. And so if I'm falling short in one of these areas, I want to be hyper-focused on that because I know, especially when it comes to putting new people into the pipeline, you don't see an immediate result from that. That comes usually in a few months for most salespeople and most sales cycles, but you'll feel it then. So you want to set yourself up for success, hyper-focused on the pipeline. And the last thing I'll share with you I want you to push hard all the way through uh, the month, quarter, or year. So we talked about the benefit of sales sprints. We've talked about the benefit of incremental uh, activities every day, focusing on what matters the most. But we want to develop what we call perpetual urgency. Here's what I see a lot in sales, and I know many of our listeners have experienced this, where at the end of a quarter, let's say, there's this franticness, right? The last week or two of a quarter, I mean, you're killing yourself trying to hit this number. That is a sign that something is wrong, right? If that is the end of every quarter for you, you're like, okay, why am I putting myself in that kind of situation? Oftentimes when you reflect on it, honestly, for many people, they're finding that they take it very easy early in the quarter. And then at the end, they realize, uh-oh, I got a problem. And so they kill themselves for the last two weeks of the quarter or a year trying to push and push and push and push. Now, I get the reality. Sometimes you might need to do that. But if that's your every, if that's a consistent thing for you, then you got to take a step back and say, why am I doing that? How am I not setting myself up well? So I want to encourage you to have 
perpetual focus and a perpetual urgency so that at the end of the quarter, you've already prepared so well with how you prioritize your time and activities and who you engage with. You may have started with the sprint. So that you're in a beautiful situation so that it's not this stressful two weeks where you don't eat or sleep or do anything but work. So think about that. Judge yourself. If you're finding the end of the quarters are the most stressful time for you and you're just working more than you should be and more than what's productive, then you want to say, what can I do? Let's back that up. How do I create perpetual urgency? So I'm keeping a a focus, a really laser-like focus throughout the whole quarter as an example. So at the end of it, I don't have to change much. I just have to keep doing what I've already done. And so with these strategies, when you start using one of them, it can make a big difference. When you use all five, they have a powerful synergy and can really help you set yourself up for a lot of success each quarter, each month, and then again each year. But Carl, before we conclude, I wanted to mention as well that we have coming up in a few episodes, we want to have an Ask Me Anything episode. And so if you have any questions that you would love to get answered, you can submit them to us at info at huffeldgroup.com, I-N-F-O at huffeldgroup.com. Submit your questions to us. And then in a couple episodes, we're going to tackle uh, a bunch of them. And so feel free to do that. But Carl, I know we've talked about really an important topic here. Any thoughts you have as we kind of conclude on this topic of ways to begin your month, quarter, or year? Yeah, I think that for myself, I was actually taking some notes through our conversation for things that I'm going to try out because I think as as a salesperson, if if I've learned anything, it's it's like what you said. There's no worse feeling uh, at that the end of the quarter than knowing you need to put in this amount of effort that's not sustainable, when in reality, that that a lot of times can be avoided by taking a lot of these actions that you've suggested today. So something that I think, uh, and I'm, I have a very strong feeling our listeners agree, is giving me a ton of insight on, on how to improve, continue to improve my career. Regardless of where anyone is in their career, it's good to be reminded of some of these things because it's so easy to just get frantic and respond to what's right in front of us and not be really strategic and plan out our time and our quarters and our years so that we can really be proactive, predictably effective. So the end of a quarter or a year or even a month isn't this frantic, stressful time uh, because that'll wear on you. And then that also sets you up for a poor start next month or next quarter or next year because you're so overwhelmed, right? You're burnt out when you have to go crazy for two weeks at the end of the quarter. By the time it ends, you're like, I need to lay down. I need a little. And it's hard to then push hard at the beginning because you've been so frantic at the end. And I guess there's only one thing left to say to our listeners, and that is this, get out there and sell something. We'll see you next time.